0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 61st episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello! And also, Sabrina! Hi again! So, we're having Sabrina back. Uh, she was on, like, I think, what was the last time you were on? August-ish?
1: Was it? Oh gosh, was it that long? Yeah, <laughs> it's been that long. Oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> so yeah. okay. Four,
0: four months. It's all your that. Fault. In, I in Kingdom Hearts time, four months is like five minutes. That's very true. Don't worry. I didn't know that.
1: I got really sick, and I was supposed to be on the last one, but, like, I never really get sick, but school happened, and my body was like, yeah, you're not having any of it, so you're just gonna get sick, and you're gonna lose your voice and can't talk, so that's what happened, and I had to make a judgment call.
0: Yeah, so, thankfully, we do have you on this show, so we have, finally, a female perspective, not a broadcast a, woman. a w- woman's perspective
2: <laughs> what's wrong with Specifically? the, the broadcast the there's nothing nothing, wrong, no with
0: the bro-cast. There's God, nothing God. wrong with the broadcast there's nothing wrong with the broadcast let me be clear nothing God. wrong with the broadcast the only thing is i yeah, want to try to touch. make sure yes i want to make sure <laughs> that as many of our episodes represent our demographic as much as possible so everybody feels included when they listen so i like to include Ladies in on the show. Not to say that ladies can't have the same mindset as dudes. I'm just saying, you know, the, the Kingdom Hearts demographic is very varied, so that's I want to make sure that we're. And uh, don't worry, we love time. we
2: love our ladies that are that appear on yeah, the show.
0: exactly. Also, also, Sabrina is technically international because she's Canadian. So that's a uh, Canadian.
2: That's... Yay! Yay!
1: When I first listened to uh, Kingdom Hearts Union, I was really happy that there was a Canadian on it. <laughs>
2: Yes
0: So it's always always good to have a Canadian uh, She can be our Canadian translator So that'll be good Alright anyway For you new folks Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union And is presented by the Gaming Union Network We run on a four week rotation With a new show every other Tuesday With Final Fantasy Union And we come out on the iTunes store KingdomHeartsUnion.com And churro kh2.co.uk Well, if you guys didn't already know, or if you're listening to this like 500 years in the future, um, it is our last podcast of 2013. So that's exciting. Already? Yeah, yeah. That's like a year, man. I remember
2: just getting ready to go to E3 back in June. That was six months ago. Definitely. So it's been... It's been a great year,
0: been a very exciting year and with that in mind, uh, we have a three segment show and our first segment, instead of being news because there weren't really that much news uh, since uh, last show, we are having a special year in review segment and basically what we're going to do is we're going to go back throughout the entirety of uh, 2013 and cover the most uh, amazing, the most controversial, all the big uh, basic uh, news posts that we had. Uh, we've covered them on the show before, but we just want to review them just to remember how amazing and big 2013 has been for the Kingdom Hearts series.
1: Or how many uh, times we cried.
0: Or how many times we <laughs> cried. Yes, there was it's definitely lots, to count. Of, <laughs> lots of tears, lots of shock.
2: Um, if only you were then, there in my hotel room when Cage 3 was announced, I, man, yes. I, don't, I cried like, like I cried in, when I watched Titanic for the first time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty much,
2: and then after the year in review, we'll have our second
0: segment where we have our burning question segment, where we ask you what you guys what your guys' vision is for Kingdom Hearts in 2014. And finally, we have our question segment uh, where you guys ask us questions and we answer them. So, in the way of announcements, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if we should keep. Con- Keep continuing this announcement, but I guess it is kind of important. So, just in case you know, you want to stay spoiler free. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D spoilers are fair game. Uh, it has been over a year. It's been like a year and a half now since it's come
2: out. So, you know what surprised me when Square Enix mm-hmm. had their Thanksgiving sale? K- yeah. KH 3D actually sold out pretty quickly. Really? Wow. Yeah. So there's, not even there, not there, even KH HD 1.5 Remix got sold out. KH 3 3D sold out on the Square Enix website, North America website.
0: So, maybe it... Yeah, I guess it is a good thing that we're saying uh, 3D spoilers are a fair game before people that just bought 3D. Not only
2: that, even though it's been a year, it's still the most recent Kingdom Hearts game in the series. So, basically, people are still... Wanting to know what's going to happen next, so it's kind of good. And with people,
0: and uh, you know, just in the realm of uh, the Nintendo 3DS, there's been a big system seller, namely uh, a link between worlds. So I know a lot of people are probably getting their 3DSs for the first time, and they're probably also picking up, you know, Pokemon. And uh, if they're a Kingdom Hearts fan, they might just be picking up Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. So I guess it is still, it is still relevant, I suppose. Anyways. Let's move on into the year in review. So 2013 was an insane year. Uh, We've got a ton of things that we can uh, talk about uh, throughout the year. Uh, I think the first big news announcement that wasn't really like, had nothing really to do with any games, but I think it set the stage for some really exciting things later in the year. Uh, was the first bit. And the first one came, I think it was in March, around the time the fiscal year was changing. Yoichiwada stepped down from CEO, uh, his CEO position of Square Enix. Uh, that was pretty insane. You know, Yoichi uh started working uh, as the CEO, I think, 2003, I believe. Was that, is that it? Maybe, I'm not quite sure. I'm pretty sure it was 2003 because... Uh, I know in 2001, that's when they had Final Fantasy Spirits Within, and that's when they lost their first CEO. Um, and then they had another CEO interim, and then he... I think he quit, and then I think that's when Yoshi Wada came in. And I think that's... he came in 2013. Needless to say, he's been in... Uh, he's He was at the reins for, for a good 10 years. And arguably, uh, those are probably the... I don't know the most controversial years of Square Enix. Um, you know, if we're thinking back to 2003, some of the stuff that started happening. Uh, a good thing that happened was Kingdom Hearts Two was announced, but a controversial thing that happened was the compilation of Final Fantasy 7, and that sort of started this sort of uh, spiraling down of sequels on top of sequels on top of sequels.
2: That continues. Of games that don't need them. With the announcements. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, and that. Trend spawned the Fabula Nova Crystallis series, so all those uh, yeah. Final Fantasy 13 games, and that because of that, the Kingdom Hearts team was put onto the Versus 13 team and could not work on Final Fantasy, uh, uh, or could not work on Kingdom Hearts 3 for the PlayStation 3, and the three side story games for Kingdom Hearts 3 also started. So a lot of weird trends that happened over the course of 10 years surrounding this CEO. We can't blame everything on him, but he was in charge, and this started when he took office. So it's kind of an insane thing to think. And you forgot all the the mobile games, too. (laughs) Yeah, and all the mobile games. So what do you guys think? So now that it's been, you know, now that it's March, what do you think, or, or now that it's been since March that he's stepped down, do you think there's been as big change as we thought there was going to be? Not really. No. Yeah. We're still in that so.
2: same rut. We're staying, I mean, and pretty much as the saying goes, history is repeating itself. We're still announcing games yeah. too far ahead. They're still focusing on mobile share. They're trying to do something with mobile with uh, gaming in the cloud, which hasn't mm-hmm. really been that, you know, highly, I don't want to say successful, but it hasn't really been thoroughly tested yet with like all the other. Cloud gaming, like online and such like that, you know, they're treading into things that you know haven't really been tested. Like the Luminous Studio engine isn't, you know, hasn't really been thoroughly tested as well.
0: It's also being used for two games. And that's it.
2: And that's it. So it's like really <laughs> so Square Enix is still in that exper- experimental phase, which they still haven't got out of since 2006. So it's. Seven years of them doing experiments that really... I mean, like, the the cons outweigh the pros, you know, so... And beyond, just, the,
0: beyond the experimentation, I mean, how many, like... Had, when was the last new franchise Square Enix come, came out with? Like, if you look at their launch lineup uh, for the future, everything that they're going to be releasing, most of it is either handheld games or remix. Or they're handheld remakes.
2: <laughs> or um
0: Or
1: games. they're they're just being uh publishers instead of developing, right? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Uh specifically yeah, for it's, IDOS it's, or publishing uh American games in Japan
2: Yeah. I mean it's I don't know, it's what's the saying go like, you know, one step like one step back, two steps forward, but it's like the complete opposite. It's like five yeah. steps back and half step forward, you know? It's like they they don't learn from their mistakes. They just keep yeah. doing things that are relevant in today's world. Which is right now it's mobile gaming, but they there's not a big audience for them to cover with that because not a lot of people are going to sit around and play all the bravest all the time, mm-hmm. or something or like any of their mobile games like the world ends with you, Final Fantasy four, Final Fantasy five, Final Fantasy six all the way down Mm -hmm. to you know one two and three it's i don't know it's like i don't i don't get why they have to keep treading the mobile gaming when mobile gaming yeah is expanding but you have to realize that people who play mobile gaming are not hardcore gamers yeah so i don't understand why the need to try to uh, bring hardcore gaming to mobile platform when there's really no need for it it's basically you just need to focus on the handheld and the console markets, which what everybody's been saying since two ta- 2006 when the Fabian Nova Crystallis got announced, and here we are in 2013, you know, there's still no Final Fantasy fifteen. there's still no Type-0 for the West, there's still mm-hmm. you know, we're barely getting through the last um, Final Fantasy thirteen game mm-hmm. it's all uh, like, and then they announced Final F- Fantasy fifteen and KM Hearts 3 earlier than expected. Again, it could be another two two to four years before we see them. So it's like, when are they going to stop repeating their mistakes?
0: Yeah, definitely. There's also something that I would say a little bit external to Square Enix, and just something that is uh, more of a trend in Japanese gaming, is that there's there's definitely been a departure from just console gaming in general in Japan. Uh, Console gaming is definitely not what it used to be. Uh, I think it I think it was pretty clear that it started somewhere in the PS3 generation. That clearly, you know, there wasn't that many Japanese games coming out to those consoles, and part of it was, you know, they didn't want to explore into more complicated development workflows. Uh, but also, it's just that most of a, you know, your average person that would play a, a game in Japan, most of their time is actually probably not spent too much at home. Uh, a lot of them are going out and about. Uh, or at least that's what—that's the reason I've been given uh, thus far why uh, handheld gaming seems to be thriving. Um, is that you I know, should, most people uh, really are time at uh,
2: home? I should ask Olivia how people yeah. are in Japan when they when she goes out and about in town and or when she goes to Tokyo. I should ask her if you look around at everybody, like how often do you see them on their. On their phones, yeah, hand, you know, either yeah, phones, you know, playing games. Yeah. It's like, if you see them constantly, then, you know, that could be, you know, like you said, a reason why they've been deciding on doing things handheld, because it's like, yeah. I think they just react to what currently, what I mean, consumers the most, are doing. the most
0: popular console right now in Japan is the 3DS, so. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, and I, pretty interesting.
1: And also in North America, it seems like uh, the JRPG genre kind of is dwindling because there's not a lot of stuff coming out like Exactly. Like when we hear JRPGs a lot of people just think Final Fantasy. Um yeah. But and nowadays
2: it's like Tales. It's Tales of Zelia or, 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 or new IPs like
1: or like Ninokuni. Yeah, right? yeah. that type of
0: stuff. It's kind of interesting cuz so, you know, Japanese RPGs obviously they come from Japan and in Japan the handheld consoles are definitely more popular, but in the West, console gaming is still more popular. Mm-hmm. Uh well so to speak, console gaming and also phone, mobile gaming, whereas, you know, handheld gaming like a dedicated handle held device is not as popular as I mean in general as a console I mean, game. I mean I work so at Costco kind of, and yeah.
2: I don't see you barely see kids with their 3DSs or PSPs, DSs, or even Vitas. It's like half the time they're on their parents' phones playing, you know, Angry Birds, or they're on their, Mm -hmm. you know, even on their iPads playing, you know, some game I never even heard of. So it's like half the time, majority of the time, it's just mobile gaming for kids, and it's like
0: I think I think part of that, you know, the fact that in Japan, uh, dedicated handheld gaming is more popular, whereas in the West, how console gaming is more popular. I think that incompatibility is part of maybe why JRPGs are dying because you can do JRPGs just fine on a 3DS. They don't look as great as people want them to, but you could do it. Uh, you can't really do it on, uh, on iOS because there's no buttons, and uh, even those like external controllers are pretty terrible. So there isn't really... There isn't really a point of comparison, and JRPGs are, geez, are very expensive, so I'm not guessing that, maybe that's like, part of
2: it. Not only that, it, I mean, even though Square Enix has Final Fantasy 1 through 6 on iOS, it's like, those those cost, you know, those are like $20, bucks, 15 yeah, to $20. Yeah, they cost a lot of money just to have on there. And they're big files, too, they're like 3, 4, 5 gigs, especially because of the fact that they're being redone. You know, Mm -hmm. for, you know, they updated, you know, everything on there. Plus, not only that, not everybody's going to spend, like, two hours worth of their phone's battery life to play a JRPG Mm -hmm. on their phone. Mostly people are going to save that battery life for other things, like texting, twittering, Facebooking. Instagramming, taking pictures, so it's like I'd rather do waste two hours of battery life to do that, rather than then play Final Fantasy 4 on my iOS device.
0: And besides, JRPGs take forever to play, so why would you ever want to play them on a phone? It doesn't make any sense. Ask, you so. better ask
2: that Skranix, because we're still trying to figure it out. I mean, yeah. it's a nice thought that they're updating these you know, games, but they're putting them on the wrong platform you know they should be going on you know if they they could spend their time you know putting final fantasy 4 on the on the you know ds same with putting final fantasy 3 on the psp and the ds you know they can totally put final fantasy 6 on the ds even the 3ds or the playstation Vita as well so it's like Mm -hmm. they can look into the stuff i mean if they can make final fantasy 10 and 10.2 hd remaster on a PlayStation Beta, you know, they can definitely take time to get a small team to put Final Fantasy VI on the three DS rather than iOS.
0: Definitely. And so yeah, definitely a lot of interesting changes in Japan have have been going on. But thankfully (laughs) in the same year, moving on to the more happy (laughs) announcements. Happy Happy Thoughts. What's I'm guessing these announcements are evidence that, I mean, there there must be s- at least some change in Square Enix because...
2: Well, I, to me, I just see it as a desperation attempt with this next well, one.
0: We'll see. So in <laughs> June... I think it was June 10th? Was it June 10th? Yep. It, it was E3. E3, June 10, uh, at Sony's press conference, tatsuya Nomura came on the big screen and announced that Final Fantasy XV was finally coming out, and it was uh, well. He announced that versus was coming out, and secretly, cheekily, he changed it to Final Fantasy XV and uh, Kingdom Hearts three. Finally, after seven years since seven it came years. out,
1: seven eight years seven
0: years since King seven years since Kingdom Hearts two came out. It was finally announced that it would be coming uh, to the PlayStation four, and later we found out that both games would also come out to Xbox One. So. We finally, I mean, this is definitely, I mean, despite Square Enix as a whole, you know, forget them. As a Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy fan, or more specifically, a Kingdom Hearts fan that likes Final Fantasy, because obviously Final Fantasy fifteen is more <laughs> for Kingdom Hearts fans. That's very <laughs> as true. A
2: Hearts, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean it's I mean if if you see the reaction videos on YouTube you can easily tell this is the one thing everyone's been waiting for their entire definitely. Kingdom Hearts lives, you know. Even me included. Me going as far back as doing, you know, like news reporting, it's like the one question, you know, I get the most in my entire career is when is Cage three coming out and it's like like I'm in the same boat as you man, been waiting too. And now those Questions can put the rest, but a new question is is asked, which is when is the release date? And I just tell people between two and four years, you still gotta wait. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, I get that all the time, especially at my work, where they're like, "Oh, that's why I want a new gen consoles to play Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy." And I just said, "Yeah, Mm -hmm. but we're still waiting." (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah. Um, It's not
0: not not advisable.
1: Yeah not not right away
0: yeah definitely not even but despite that that is why i bought my playstation four so me too <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then uh, people I'd... yeah and then people were like but you can play on the xbox as well it's so like yeah so <laughs>
2: I don't care. yeah I exactly mean, <laughs> was i the only one not that did not buy a ps4 for cage <laughs> 3 yeah seriously i bought it for other games but what um, kind of just... cage
1: fan are you then <laughs>
2: I am not I, a I def- cage fan. What am I doing on the show? I definitely, show? I definitely
0: also bought it for other games, but mainly. Yeah,
1: just mainly for those I games. really wanted for
0: you know what? because I'm otherwise, gonna- honestly, I would just be a PC gamer. If it wasn't for these games, I would be a PC gamer.
2: I mean, like I said, like I said, I'm not any desperate attempt to buy you know a console for one game. You know, so it's like yeah. even though as much as a cage fan as I am, you know, it's like my reasoning is different for buying a PS4 I bought a PS4 just for impulse in that everybody else was buying it there I said it I didn't buy it for Kingdom Hearts <laughs> 3 reason. I bought it because everybody else was buying it oh so. that, that was
1: me in GTA
2: 5
1: uh, oh man so it's
2: like the, there. that was my reading reasoning for buying a yeah. PS4 so you know KS3 will come out eventually don't worry yeah. we've waited long enough already so we're gonna have to wait some more anyways
1: oh I bought a Definitely. 3DS just for Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance
2: yeah same here. So. I I I I've, I've heard it like like I said being you know in the Kingdom Hearts fandom for as long as I have, I've heard a lot of stories of people buying consoles for Kingdom Hearts. And it's like, and it's funny because the only time I've ever, I never bought a console, you know, a, a console for a Kingdom Hearts game. I've always had one, and the fact that the Kingdom Hearts, ge- uh, Kingdom Hearts game will come out for it eventually. So I never, had, you know, bought a PSP for Birth by Sleep. I never bought a Game Boy Advance for Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. I never bought a PS2 for Kingdom Hearts. It's Something just keep coming naturally. It's just me buying these consoles, no. and then eventually i will come out. That's, I'm I'm like doing the
0: opposite. It. Pretty much every console <laughs> I've ever bought is for specifically for Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. Um, I bought my yeah. I bought my Nintendo DS to play Chain of Memories because that came out in 2004. I bought my I bought my PS3 for Kingdom Hearts 3, Ironically, I bought my PSP for uh, Birth by Sleep. I bought. I bought two. Look at him and go. Like, I really Literally had all a, my consoles I bought. I had a I had a Game Boy King Advance Wars.
2: SP already. But then oh, I well. imported I didn't. I never I imported owned a Game Boy the Boy Advance, uh, the never. Chain of Memories uh, SP from Japan when Chain uh, of Memories came out in Japan. I bought that That's because I, like, I wanted I wanted that limited Hearts. edition one. And I and I was gonna do the PSP for Birth by Sleep and but yeah. you know, no. those are way expensive. And since Kingdom Hearts three D is region locked I didn't want to buy the Japanese version of uh the the Japanese three D S for k three D. Olivia bought it Actually, and she enjoys it. She enjoys playing it because you know she knows the language, but I can't buy a console yeah. that's region locked to only one language that I don't especially don't understand and only for one game. You could so learn. Like, that's why I never bothered with it. It's all about okay, memorization. To be fair, I'm not I did buy
0: things I did buy one console that I didn't get specifically for Kingdom Hearts, and it was just like two weeks ago, and that was the Wii u so <laughs> I bought that for um why did I buy that again? Legend of Zelda? Le- yeah, Legend of Zelda, Mario 3D World, basically Mario and Zelda games. Even though, honestly, I don't even know why, because I bought my Wii, my original Wii, I bought it for Twilight Princess thinking I was going to get into Zelda, and I- I've never gotten into Legend of Zelda. However, I really, really love Wind Waker. Okay. Like, I've never never played Wind Waker before. When I first saw it announced way back in, like, 2001, or wh- whenever it was originally announced, I thought it was stupid now that i love that you know we've been through the playstation 3 generation where it was nothing but brown and shooters and modern warfare and uh, space marines Wind Waker is exactly what I needed. Exactly what I've been wanting. This is such like the most perfect game to come out for me. And we of course so proud of Mario Three D World is awesome. <laughs> I love well, yeah, it. Yeah, I am
2: so proud of you, Brandon. I Yeah.
1: I have I've never played a Legend of Zelda game either. Like it's I don't know. I just yeah. can't really get into it. Like I get tried. Out. Shh don't you judge me right now. Just relax. <laughs> just, just calm down. <laughs> um the only ones I've really tried or attempted was like Spirit Tracks and yeah. Outglass just because I had a DS with an yeah with an R four, so I did. <laughs> I was being a I was being a really
2: sneaky Cheapo. pirate. Yeah. Was I the only one that played Zelda since the NES days? No.
0: Yes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. that's I've, still I've been trying to favorite. play Zelda.
0: I've been trying to play Zelda since the N64 days. I could not get into Ocarina of Time. I couldn't get into Ocarina of Time on my 3DS either. I couldn't get into Twilight Princess. I think for me, I've grown up, you know, as an RPG gamer, I grew up with Final Fantasy, and I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm more of the ideal type of gamer that would want a more passive experience. I do like the story. I didn't grow up with games with a lot of intense gameplay even though apparently that's what games are supposed to be. Uh, A lot of people, especially Let's Players, I've noticed, they're like they really do hate games that have story and make you wait. And I understand that and that is sort of counterintuitive for a gameplay experience. But I grew up in the era of cutscenes are innovation Waiting and sitting through pretty graphics is the new thing.
2: So to me, I love all that stuff. I mean, so like, Le- Legend of me, Zelda
0: is kind of hard for me to get into, but well, that's like, the
2: thing, though. Like, because me being older is just that I grew up yeah with the eight bit days. With yeah, where knows. there were, where was no story like that. Yeah, it was just, you know, get from point A to point B. You know, that was that was it. Cause when, to me, I cause... mostly
0: got into gaming because of the novelty of, whoa, games are something new now. They're not just a toy. This is as cool as, you know, the animes and the TV shows that I watch on TV. There's this new experience that I can control that's just as cool as those TV experiences. Like, that to me was the initial draw. I mean, I guess that's evidence of the fact that my first real console was a PlayStation 2, and that was basically all PlayStation 2 games.
2: Cutscenes galore. I don't know. Yeah, because for me, (laughs) my my first console was NES. Uh, I got it when I was four years old. That was 1989. First, Jeez. first game I ever played that's was Super Mario Brothers, and then the second yeah. game I bought was The Legend of Zelda, the original gold um, cartridge, I, which I still have to this wow. day, and it still works. So let me just know,
0: clara- clarify real quick. My first console was an NES. My second console was a G- Genesis, and my third console was an N sixty four. I was just <laughs> saying PS two was the first one that I actually felt invested into. That's all. I got a PS one, but I did own
2: other. I did own other.
1: My first one was a PS one. Everything else before then was uh, a Game Boy.
2: Yeah, for me it was just evolved. Oh, yeah, was, you know, boy. NES, Super NES, yeah. Genesis, Saturn, Jaguar. Um, then you know, N six sixty four. You know, and then it oh, just God, continually evolved so it to now.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just because I <laughs> that, never had. Yeah, you make me feel
2: old now. <laughs>
1: Sorry, it's just.
2: <laughs> Don't worry, I, I get it all the time. But it's like I said, I've been through. You know. The only one, yeah. the only time period I'd never played was the Atari's. Like I played one yeah. Atari, but I haven't done anything before then. It was just like from yeah. the NES until currently now is where I, you know, started from. You know, because I remember so familiar that that Christmas morning, I got up in 1989, and my father bought me and my elder. My my uh older brother, my younger brother time, uh, NES is something we always wanted. It came with Meyer Brothers and Duck Hunt. That was the best wow. day ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I had that bundle too, and it was pretty awesome. You know what I I kinda wonder and this is kinda off topic, but whatever. this is a retrospective. But <laughs> what what's kind of interesting is like uh that I notice is that for a lot of gamers uh, that play that try to go back and play older games, I always feel like there's this barrier for which they cannot go past. For me, it's like half half of the NES games because half of the NES games didn't work. <laughs> but there there are some definitely some great NES games out there, like uh, the Super Mario Brothers games and Legend of Zelda and the Mega Man games. Those are awesome, well designed. They work just fine. But for me, you know, when you brought up Atari, I was thinking. Honestly, I cannot touch an Atari game. Like I cannot get into them. They are too old. I like. I, I'm trying to be objective and understand them, but they are just too old. And we've gone so far in video gaming that I could not go that far back. And I just wonder, you know, what sort of things that we like these days. You know, what what will those end up being? I feel like cutscenes are. Sort of like that these days. People, I mean,
2: like I mean, I don't really. I'm not going to downplay you because of that, because it's hard to go back yeah. to something that was so. I mean, what it was considered simple back in the day, you know? I mean, we were still trying to
0: figure out how to make games. Period. Yeah. Back then, yeah. So I mean, because like it's not like they were perfect.
2: I know, but they were perfect for the time. I mean, when I was at um, Kamikaze Expo back uh, in—I mean, last month—they have a little section where it's like the the, like the museum history of video games, and Mm -hmm. they have like different like arcades set up, you know, and then they have different like all these old school TVs set up with Atari, NES, all hooked up to all these TVs that you can actually sit down on little couches and play. And I was watching these people. that were older than me, and they were like in their 40s and stuff, and they were talking about how good of a time they used to have when they were kids playing Atari or playing NES, and it's for them, it was like simple, playing, you know, two buttons yeah. and a joystick. So, you know?
0: definitely pretty interesting. And actually, kind of speaking towards that point, our next uh, bit of news is about a re-release of the Kingdom Hearts games. So, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 uh, was finally released in... Uh, basically overseas this year. Well, also it was released in Japan this year. But the most exciting uh, things were that Kingdom Hearts Final Mix finally, for the first time ever, was released outside of Japan. Uh, and people in Europe and Australia finally got to play with uh, ReChain of Memories. Uh, and I think we sort of were having you know, similar discussions back then uh, when when this was first coming out th- of, you know, what are new gamers going to think of Kingdom Hearts 1 because it is a little rough around the edges and mm-hmm. there are some things that aren't as polished yeah because it's, uh, it's, was... it's
2: like it's like going from like, cause, like, like you said going from current current gen to Atari it's the same thing. Yeah. It's kind of hard to go from Dream Draw Distance back to Kingdom Hearts 1 where yeah. everything is mean, so I more pers- simple.
0: I personally think there's a lot of stuff in there that is just you know universally good, but maybe some newer gamers or gamers that even were around then but didn't get into it back then, maybe they wouldn't understand. Uh, I recently watched – it was a horrible train wreck – trying to watch Adam Sessler play Kingdom Hearts Again, oh my God. Really? for the first time in years. Oh, he, I need to
1: watch that one.
0: He he really hates Kingdom Hearts, and oh, so uh, this definitely didn't change his opinion, but he did have a lot of good points about the opening, and I mean, he he was definitely, he was struggling a lot during the Destiny Island section, and that's pretty much all they showed was him struggling through Destiny Islands because he couldn't <laughs> figure out how, how to find stuff. And I was thinking, oh, wow, what an idiot. Doesn't he know that you can get the coconut here and you can get the cloth here? And But then I remembered, how did I learn how to get those? Oh, I read a guide. Is that how a game is supposed to be played? Shouldn't a game evoke where the stuff is? Shouldn't I not have to go outside of the game to find the information? And sort of made me question, oh, was that stuff even that good? after all. I still think the rest of the game is just fine, but it definitely gave a new perspective and I wonder what new gamers are going to think about that sort of I
2: stuff. Mean, I mean, just like you said, they improved upon each iteration of the game. I mean, they yeah, added a, a mini-map, they added uh, a help bar at the top, you know, it's like, and now most, because most, I was playing uh, Tales of Xillia mm-hmm. and, um, for me, it was difficult trying to figure out where I was going because the map, Yeah, I mean, most JRPGs or RPGs in general nowadays on their mini-map have wayfind- waypoints or markers on the map to tell you where you need to go. And Tales yeah. of Exiliate didn't have any of that, so it's like, well, how do I know if I'm going in the right direction? So, like, thinking back of Kingdom Hearts 1, when you had to find, you know, the items you're supposed to collect, it's like, well, it's like, well, man, where am I where do I find this again? You know, I haven't played Kingdom yeah. Hearts since, you know, the PS2 days. That's over 10 yeah. years. So it's like, do I remember where to find this?
1: Well, it is the unfortunate truth that most of these games try to assist you in many yeah. ways. Like, nowadays, yeah, it, it's like, if they kind of just, like, ease it into it, like, we have all, of, all of us think it's kind of, like, normal where we have assisted aim or something like that or we have an HUD on there if we have it with a map and then there's stuff. constantly,
0: constantly some text at the top of the screen telling you exactly what to do. Kill yeah. the boss. Yeah, no, no crap. Of course. Yeah, it's let's
1: like go find boss. him, <laughs> or like go to this place in this area. It's like, oh, okay, uh, that narrows it down. Um, but yeah. when, if anyone wants yeah. to see a
0: really hilarious modern uh, interpretation of this, I was watching a let's play of uh, Rise uh, of oh. Rome on on Xbox yeah. One, and just look in the top right hand corner of the the kind of like text information they give you. It It's like the most obvious information you could ever see. Like, what do they expect from us? So it's it's kind of interesting to see how uh, game design uh, methodologies have changed over the years. Where back in the NES and SNES days, uh, they didn't tell you anything.
2: Yeah, at
0: least in in the NES days, they didn't tell you anything. In the SNES days, they tried to tell you through design, which was awesome. But then you know, once you get to PS2. You know, PS2, and more more especially PS3 and Xbox 360, they're just telling you everything. Like, yeah. like going
2: back to, like you said with the uh, NES days, like when I was playing the original Zelda, it's like I spent like, so much time investing in rupees to buy bombs, and then yeah. planting a bomb in each section to see if I can find a hidden cave. And like, yep. I spent hours doing that, and I found all the hidden caves, and then like, when I played a link to the past, it's like you couldn't do that, like Because through the NPCs in the game, they would actually hint it to you, saying, oh, if you do this, you'll find this eventually. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that, you weren't able to do any of that in, like, the original Zelda for the NES. So you actually had a, I mean, they had guides, but they weren't so really well written back in the day. Yeah, So basically, most majority of the time, everything you found was on your own, just like the cheat codes, like the Contra code. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know how somebody figured the Contra code out, you know? Uh, was... I don't think
0: they did. I think somebody from Konami probably told somebody in a game journalist magazine, and hey, if you buy Nintendo Power, we'll give you a cool code, and you can finally be Contra. You like that? probably back then,
2: it was just like, nowadays, it's like instead of codes now, it's microtransactions. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Oh, going back uh, to game design, mm-hmm. though, my favorite mm-hmm. I played recently was ET.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: Yeah. I well, that's E-T. just laughably
0: bad. That's okay to play. Oh, no, it's but, like, like,
1: it. No, it's. Because you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, look, there's stuff. Maybe we should take that. I don't know what it is. And then. Well, yeah, but also the hilarious. game is broken. <laughs> oh, it's so broken. But it was, it's also it was broken. It's great to know uh. just to be like, hey, I actually yeah. play DT. and it, It's terrible.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of game design choices, well, kind of. Uh. The final and most recent uh, announcement that we can talk about, we just talked about last show, but we can uh, remember it already. We're in a st- or tell me about st- it. St- <laughs> or we can tell you about it, because you weren't on that show. Yeah. Uh, was the D23 event in Tokyo. Uh, pretty much, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 was announced, so that's awesome.
1: <gasps> what? But also, yes. That's no, okay, I, I, I knew about it, but yeah. Of course
0: you know. <laughs> and also, early Kingdom Hearts 3 gameplay footage was shown for the very first time. It's all in-game lots of new stuff but so looking back at least my personal opinion I think it ties into what we were talking about before with game design I personally felt that the gameplay that was shown felt kind of 2005ish it felt it looked like I was like a pretty version of Kingdom Hearts 2 it didn't look like um, didn't look like a next gen game to me gameplay-wise. Uh, there's a lot of quick time events. There was a lot of uh, hack and slash, you know. I think that's great. I grew up with the Kingdom Hearts series. I like it. What are new gamers going to like? What kind of score is this game going to get? Uh, especially with the story as convoluted as it is and uh, you know how alienating the series is and it's the final chapter in an eight game series that you have to play all of to understand You know what are people going to think about this game? For me, I
2: just don't worry about the early gameplay. I know it's just nice to look. For me, it's just it's like a it's kind of like somebody watching you know doing a tutorial on an art piece. It's like. You just and you just sit there and enjoy what you're looking at. You don't really judge it until they're done. Finally, what they put their signature at the end, not the bottom, signaling that they're done with their art, piece of artwork. So, for me, it's just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. That's I it. think <laughs> the
1: unfortunate part, though, is because of the huge gap that they left in between mm-hmm. these games, it's just there's a high expectation for it, which is yeah, unfortunate, definitely. is because no matter what, we're always going to compare it to how they ended it off. But like, is the ending going to mm-hmm. be some sort of kind of, like, a cop-out where it's not, not a lot of stuff got, um, all the loose didn't get tied up and, like, explained or anything like that? I think that's the big worry I have with it mm-hmm. because what they're showing now isn't, Is it, like, it's only gameplay, like, you can't really expect that much to be like, oh, they're doing this, that means this is gonna happen in the store. No, nothing at all, it's just, hey, there's some new features we're gonna do, and we're just gonna show it to you right now, because I think that's Mm -hmm. what we have. Um, But, yeah, like, it's just all the hype from it, a lot of people are gonna be really, really judgy, and it's gonna be really hard to be like, unbiased with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, because, exactly. especially with the fact that it, it took way too long for even to be announced, I mean, strictly because of what was going on on the Final Fantasy side of Square Enix, that's why it's been just overhyped by the Kingdom Hearts fans in general, mm-hmm. waiting for this game, and then you got Final Fantasy Fifteen, which is, you know, even more hyped, because it's been in development for so long, because you gotta remember, Kingdom Hearts 3 began development a few years ago, versus... Final Fantasy, you know, 15, which began development seven years ago. Yeah. So, you know, even though there's still, it's still massive hype for Kingdom Hearts because, you know, it's, it it was a game that, that, you know, took two different franchises and, you know, put them together, you know, something that nobody thought it would be this big. But, you know, it's, it sure just shows that it's gonna be a massively hype game no matter how you look at it. I mean, when, I had I knew somebody who attended the press conference at E3 this year, and when that Disney logo flashed on screen during the Sony press conference, you know they told me that the crowd just went insane, and then once the KS3 logo appeared on screen, everybody just lost their minds. It's just, you know, this is something everybody's been waiting for such a long time.
0: Yeah, definitely. So there's definitely a lot of hype in it. I think regardless, I think Kingdom Hearts fans are going to be... Probably pleasantly surprised. I think it's going to be great for Kingdom Hearts fans, and that's why I'm excited. Uh, though I'm not certain of the future of Square Enix. I think either way, both Final Fantasy three uh, or Kingdom Hearts three and Final Fantasy fifteen. I think pretty much most of the company's development, as far as how we understand Square Enix, I think pretty much hinges on the success of these two games. Uh, these are very big games. These are their only big games that they're making right now, as far as we know. They're going to need Apart from the MMO. Apart from and it's, the
2: one di- and it's only one director for both
0: games. Yeah, and one, one director. Uh, very close-knit teams that have worked together a lot. Uh, you have the Osaka team and then the original Kingdom Hearts team working on these games. So it'll be very interesting I mean, it, to see where it goes.
2: It's just weird how they're putting so much faith on these two big games, aren't even out yet, and then one MMO, and then an, a, a, another another Remakes one out uh, the butt. <laughs>
0: that's about it. Well, they have it's a 3DS plus, one coming plus, out.
2: Well, they're they're well, Brave Default is you know something. Yeah, Bra- Brave Default
0: is coming, but I don't. Again, it's that's one. It's a smaller RPG. Well, yeah, not, it's, not in it's, length because it's yeah, like seventy it's, hours. But I mean.
2: But, I mean, it goes back to what we said. You know, not a lot of people thought it was going to even come out to yeah. the West. It took Nintendo to pick up the the title exactly. for it to come out over out in the West and Europe. So yeah,
0: we'll have to see how Bravely Default does. Uh, I'm not personally excited for it. I'm not too big a fan of medieval type RPGs, but I, I think it does look at least interesting, and maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a crowd for it here. <laughs> but either way, moving on to the burning question, where we're going to look forward. Into 2014. So our question uh, for this burning question was, what do you hope to see from Kingdom Hearts in 2014? And the first one comes from Kai095. And Kai asks, or responds, one day I'll get that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Square Enix will release Kingdom Hearts 2.5 in the summer and hope that they will also have a new secret ending that ties Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, that ties into Kingdom Hearts 3. For example, when they showed Roxas and Riku at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. I'm assuming she's meaning deep, deep dive. Uh, I want a se- secret ending that will show us a new character or, plot, or, or the main plot point
2: uh, from Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, keep up the awesome work, because you guys make my day. I mean, even though Nomura mentioned in the first HD that not to expect anything new, I am totally think that's gonna be the same thing for this one. I think Namara's not gonna put anything mm-hmm. new in into... so still, still too early, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's too early, but you know, I'm not holding I you know, I'm not gonna keep my anticipation high. Like I always. also don't
0: think it would make as much sense just because of the games that are included, Just because there is a game that comes out after these games uh, namely dream drop distance that that should probably get the secret ending
2: plus plus not only that it's also what's in in store with the development of case 3 cuz you know Nomura mm. for some reason always has you know as he called it a trump card or a backup plan to mm. buy time you know For them to keep working on um, Kingdom Hearts three, because you know, just in case, you know, because originally it was Birth by Sleep Volume two, which just, just in case, you know, he needed time. But since he didn't need that, you know, things change as time goes on. So it's like you never know. um, He might, because you know, the big, the surprise at the end of Kingdom Hearts HD one point five Remix was showing different, you know, footages of Kingdom Hearts two Birth by Sleep being recoded. So Nomura might hint maybe something. Regarding June drop distance,
0: yeah, maybe I, 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 I think they'll show note. something.
2: You know, like I said, you know, like I'm not like I said, I'm, I'm on the fence. It's like I'm either yeah. half expecting something or half not. But being in, like I said, you know, from what I've, you know, experienced from the past with Square Enix, you know, I'm not the one that's gonna hold my breath for anything. Yeah. So. Oh well,
0: well, we'll have to see uh, what happens with that. And uh, Churro, you want to take this next one?
2: Yep, this one's from X Ken, and they write. In 2014, I would li- I'd like to see a worldwide release of Kingdom Hearts 2.5 Remix fairly early in the year, like March to July, and the announcement of KH1.0 just in HD for PS3, even as a PSN game. Also, more KH3 footage and details are appreciated any time during the year.
1: Um, well, the thing is, is that if you saw how the timeline for Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD Remix it got released in on March 14th, um, and then they released the North American version in September so it has to take some time to s- jump from Japanese to English so maybe it'll be released early for Japan and then we would have to wait a while again but yeah. that's never a bad thing uh and for Dream Drop Distance for the PS3 I don't think that is kind of a possibility to be make to make it playable maybe scenes for it if anything in the future but other than Mm -hmm. that i don't think i don't think it's possible to port that really to make it a playable ps3 title
0: i think it might be and my only reasoning is because i'm pretty sure how they developed dream drop distance was that they just ported the birth by sleep engine because it was the same team (laughs) so i'm imagining they probably used the same engine uh to develop dream drop distance as they developed birth by sleep and they they ported birth by sleep just fine. Uh, I think probably a more pressing matter is the fact that uh, Nintendo's got a little bit of their grubby mitts yeah, on, uh, on Dream Drop that's Distance. It. I think there might be a, a licensing issue. I don't think they published. I'm pretty sure they didn't publish it, so that's good.
2: Well, that, uh, well, well, it wasn't published. It's just that the reason why they developed this because the team liked the 3D yeah. aspect of this, the console, so they wanted to develop on there. Yeah. I mean, plus it's half you know Nintendo uh, plus they use Dream Drop Distance to help promote the 3DS too so yeah because you know, because you know, days and the, uh, recoded the, were on the Nintendo DS, but they were able to put it on the PS3 just fine. Yeah. So more likely, like I said, it could be another trump card for Nomura to put out yeah. just to keep another year, you know, for the fans yeah. to wait on.
0: The good news is that the the 3D aspect of Dream Drop Distance and the touch control aspect of Dream Drop Distance wasn't that huge that they couldn't uh, they couldn't port it later. So that's that's good, I guess.
1: Let's see if they. Do that or not, though. It's really yeah, up to yeah, them, exactly. and see if like Nintendo is going to be picky about it. Yeah, exactly.
2: I mean, I don't really see it's anything Nintendo. It's just anything if what they can do to take the stuff that were used for the 3ds and implement it mm-hmm. in the PS3. Yeah, like even if they have to, like, set up, because you know how when they do the, I don't know what the I forgot what the proper word is when they do the com- commands on the bottom screen, they can yeah. easily make it so that it pops up in the you know in your screen to make you do the controller and then it'll switch back to the normal mode. Like They can do something yeah. like that pretty easily.
0: Yeah, and also it, it's been pretty clear with these uh, remakes that they're going the easiest route that they can possibly go when it comes to <laughs> the re-releases. Yeah. Uh, I can wholeheartedly say that coming off of playing uh, Wind Waker HD, where they actually rewrote the rendering engine and made it very, very, very pretty and changed a lot of gameplay and added a lot of stuff and integrated the Miiverse, uh that's an example. You know, if you want to see a really good uh proper remake, a proper re release, uh that's that's
2: where you could go. Uh Square Enix isn't doing that. Plus we'll I plus will see what, they, really nice. what they'll do with this uh... <laughs> With the Final Fantasy ten and X2 remaster, we'll see what they're going to do with that. Plus, yeah. with Birth, one of one of Birth by Sleep's, you know, underrated features was the Mirage Arena, so we mm. can really wait and see what they're going to do with that whole thing and how they implement it with on my play and all that. Cause, because Birth by Sleep was just local play only, so definitely. Wait, I I
1: just quickly want to say when I got well, I had to get a new TV. Um, mm. When I bought my PS4, because HDMI was not on it. Oh um, wow! <laughs> yeah, I had one of the old guys. Um, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD looks pretty fantastic on it. I was really really happy. Yeah, that was the first thing good. I did with the new TV. Was yeah. that? But um, yeah, but I can tell like when not a lot of not a lot of work, but like yeah, when more when something more could have been done as well.
0: Definitely, I, I can I can honestly say uh, a lot of what makes uh 1.5 look good and in general most hd remakes the main thing that makes it look good is the upres uh and to do that is literally you tell the renderer okay don't render at 640 by 480 render at 1920 by 1080 that's literally it if you've ever played a pc game and changed the resolution on your monitor uh, to something higher, and you saw it look better that 's literally all it is, so and that 's that 's pretty much all uh, that 's the main thing that makes these games look better um, and there 's not much more than that there was an improvement in some of the models in one point five but outside of one point five there really wasn 't that much else so uh, yeah, so you can take that uh for what it 's worth, and Sebi if we can take the final one,
1: yeah. Uh, speed limit 3 miles per hour uh, says, I like to see in Cage 2.5 is uh, Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance put into a game as a playable feature rather than just cutscenes and sucking the fun out of the game. <laughs> because a lot of people couldn't play those games because they probably never felt the need to uh, buy a PSP or a D S. Uh, So what would you buy when? And we got YouTube to see the cutscenes, so... Uh, having the games cutscenes is only a cop out, in my opinion, because we already have it.
0: I think that's a good point. Um, uh, good news is, Birth by Sleep is fully playable in two point five. Dream Drop Distance, uh, we'll see what they do with that. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as as far as just the cutscenes go, um, I think with some of these games it's okay. Uh, for example, uh, Dream Drop Distance or er, not attribute resistance. No Recoded. They're putting that as just cutscenes. I think I'm just fine with that. I don't need to play that game. <laughs> yeah, I can just. I can watch that in, you know, 40 minutes. Alright, I'm done. And, uh, as much as I did love, um, 358 over two days, it is kind of a drag to play. Uh, that said, the video was also a drag to watch. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, also, uh,. With regards to YouTube, uh, this might become a bigger issue next year, but Square Enix does not officially allow cutscenes on YouTube. That is not an official Square Enix thing. Those videos that are uploaded there are not allowed to be up there and can be taken down at any time. So I mean, technically it's illegal, but they haven't really acted on it. Apparently, uh, going into 2014, YouTube might be a lot more strict with that sort of thing, so don't get too used to it. Yeah, don't get uh, and too And also it's good to... It's also good to support your developers, um, so I think even a theater mode is nice. Uh, and these theater modes are a little bit above and beyond. I mean, I don't think anyone expected Square Enix to go and animate new cutscenes for Dream Drop Distance, uh, especially a game that was originally on the DS. Uh, so I, I personally see that as a benefit. Um, to the series but yeah D- don't don't hold your hopes up for watching videos on YouTube uh, in the future I think they're starting to catch wind of how
2: to do things for them YouTube. it's just another uh, marketing tool you know to use for it, it could
0: be which is ironic and it's kind of a, a strange topic of how uh, a lot of developers are starting to become more standoffish of people making money off of YouTube off of their content and um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. It's something that we'll we'll have to see how that plays out. It's not really something that affects Kingdom Hearts too much, but I'm sure there's plenty of Kingdom Hearts Less players out there.
2: I mean plus you gotta realize that, um, for someone like me who been you know, who's ran Kingdom Hearts websites since before YouTube was even oh, big, yeah. you know, I had a hosties on my own site. And I had to rely on third party like Follow Host or GameSpy, and these were just as horrible as you know, you know. But back the, back in the day, those were you know really much appreciated because you didn't have to spend so much money on bandwidth for your sites. And exactly for me, it's just you know sometimes you know YouTube can't you know have everything that you need, especially with all the copyright laws you know being put out and stuff. So. Like Brandon said, don't really get too comfortable with YouTube or Daily Motion or Vimo. You know, just be glad we get something to put in there for those who don't want to play the games. Exactly. So I think that pretty much wraps up
0: our burning question segment. Uh, The burning question for next show is going to be, what do you think of the Kingdom Hearts HD Remix releases so far? I guess we've sort of talked about that at length, but you guys can sound off as to what you guys think about the HD Remixes so far uh, and give us your perspectives on it. So be sure to respond to the burning question uh, in the episode release thread, you can go to GamingUnion.net and you can find the release thread there and let us know what you guys think about the uh, HD remixes. All right, and for our question segment, we have uh, a, qu- a question from Jackie, actually. Uh, she's, she hasn't yeah, been on the show that long, and she's already asking questions, so that's great. Uh, so Jackie asks, and this is perfectly aligned with all the... Uh, nostalginess that we had earlier in the episode uh back when the kingdom hearts 2 trailer first came out kingdom hearts netizens christened the mysterious new character roxas as the blonde haired kid which was abbreviated as bhk at the time what kind of story connection did you believe bhk to have did your theory hit close to the mark
2: Oh man, that's major nostalgia. Right there.
0: That is major nostalgia. Also <laughs> I mean, don't don't forget DWU dual DW. wielding unknown. That was another
2: common one. And then the glowing eye unknown. Oh yeah, glowing, glowing eye unknown.
0: Which turned out to also be Roxas. You know, you can yes. see how, how much you know things change from a uh, prototype trailer where Nomura is just like pulling things out of his butt to the
2: actual game. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I was like BHK was it's his own edit, you know, its own character like this mm-hmm. new. I guess for me back then, reading AnswerReport dot com's yeah. uh, theories. I don't know if you those who don't know AnswerReport dot com back in the day was a major Kingdom Hearts website that followed around the deep dive and then another side another story trailer mm-hmm. and it was well known for all the theories people used to make back before we even knew, back before kingdom hearts uh, 2 and china memories were officially announced but um to me I thought the blonde hair kid was you know the new enemy searching for Sora you know since yeah, the last yeah. time we saw Sora was running with Donald Goofy and Pluto through the hills so yeah. i my theory was that he was just sent there to you know to find Sora Yes, yeah. I. To me, I, I think he just wanted to battle Saur as you know, Keyblade, the Keyblade wielder. You know, something yeah, we never, exactly. we barely even got in the first Kingdom Hearts games. So I thought it was pretty awesome to find another Keyblade wielder to fight against another Keyblade wielder because since we only got one one battle like that in Kingdom Hearts, you know, I yeah. thought that was going to be nice. But in Is that the final end, final mix though, there. No, that was uh, the fight against Riku too, when he had the his own keyblade no, 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 oh, only... I'm, so,
1: I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about
2: something else. <laughs> oh. But yeah, but, um my but, own theory well, at the on. time
0: oh. was, it,
2: was it I was going to say that my my theory did not hit the close it wasn't even oh. close <laughs> at, at yeah. all. It was it was off by yeah. a wide margin. My
0: my own theory uh, was pretty much in line with like what the general consensus of the Kingdom Hearts community at the as a whole was. Uh it, pretty much everyone was going off of what was happening in uh, from Final Mix, where uh, the the new Antrim report was talking about uh, a shell and how uh, Xemnas, well, we didn't know he was called Xemnas, but he said he was a mere shell. So everybody was calling uh, the blonde-haired kid a shell, and they figured, oh, it's probably a shell of Sora because he's wielding Oathkeeper and Oblivion, and that's kind of close to the mark. I mean, we didn't know the word nobody, even though the word nobody is written in Deep Dive, but we didn't know the significance of it. Uh, But we did know that he was some sort of shell, and we also knew that this shell was created when uh, someone gets turned into a Heartless, and we knew that Sora had that experience, so uh, we all pretty much figured that was the case. Um, I think... We, we didn't really know what the purpose was other than he was looking for Sora, but that turned out not to be relevant to Kingdom Hearts 2 and turned out to be relevant to uh three five eight over 2 days. So yes, keep, it goes back to enough. what you
2: said about Nomura pulling things out of his butt. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just
0: throwing out ideas into a trailer and let's see what ends up in the actual game. And hey, Brendan, he do you remember that,
2: uh, that image of the 13 points?
0: Yep, the image of the 13 points. Also in deep dive they have a much better name for the organization 13 they were originally called and originally going to be translated as the 13th order and that's a way cooler name yeah, i like, I like that that was that's so a way better. cooler name also like i don't know a million episodes ago i i let everybody know about my theory for making the uh, the perfect catchy name and a perfect catchy name must all the syllables must fit on the f- fingers on your hand when you're counting out the syllables meaning five syllables or less and the 13th order five syllables perfectly organization 13 organization 13 that's 17 that no 17 that's seven syllables that is completely uncatchy so clearly the localizers did not watch deep dive and that's also very clear because they misspelled dylan's name they misspelled elias's name they misspelled a lot of Organization 13's name in the Kingdom Hearts 2 game. Job. But that's...
1: <sighs> slow cough. I'll give you a slow cough, but... Yeah. Hands are but gone.
0: yeah, the 13th order. What an awesome name. That just sounds so cool. Oh, wow. But anyways, so that pretty much wraps up our question segment. So, moving on to the music. We... So, with the music that will wrap out our year, we have an amazing... <laughs> trance-like remix. Uh, It's a cool techno-y soundtrack uh, that you guys are going to like. It's a remix of Simple and Clean. It's called Kingdom Hearts Simple and Clean Copacetic Remix. Uh, You can find the arranger Copacetic on uh, SoundCloud. That's spelled with a -A K-O-P-A-C-E-T-I-C. He's awesome. He's got a lot of other songs. Uh, Enjoy him. So, uh, the next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the seventh of January in the year twenty fourteen or two thousand fourteen. Wow, that's a whole nother year.
2: That's, a that's year. amazing. And see you
0: next year. <laughs> uh, yeah, see you next year. Exactly. Jeez. And you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yay! Yay. And, of course, you can catch every episode of Kingdom Hearts Union dot, at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Churro. KH2.co.uk All right. It's goodbye time. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays and all Thank of that. You.
2: It's going to be Merry fun. Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you guys in 2014. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Happy holidays, yeah, can't, everyone.
0: Can't wait to see what
2: happens next
0: year. Better
1: be good.
0: Better be good.
1: Or, and I'm or Brandon. Else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or else. Or or else. <laughs> or else. That should be our, our like tagline in our holiday card to Nomura. Kingdom Hearts three. Thank or. you and it better be good or else. PS we love you. PS we love you. PS <laughs> maybe. PS only if you make Kingdom Hearts three good. PS or else. You demand. <laughs> you demand. <the> PS. <laughs> only if you make Kingdom Hearts three good. PS or else. But yeah. Anyway, I'm Brandon saying goodbye, and this has been a TweaksMusic.com and KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.